Hello everybody, welcome, and this is the Midnight McBride Show, episode number one, and I'm calling this show Soldiering On. On tonight's show, I've got two gentlemen that have both been on my radio show before. I've got Darren Spinichberger, uh, <laughs> I mean Siegenberg. That's the one. And Wesley Dyson. Evening. How are you doing, gentlemen? I'm all right, thank you. Good, good. I'll do better for being here. <laughs> so... First of all, Darren, I'd like to talk about Mindcore CIC. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I didn't know what a CIC was, so maybe explain what that is. So it's basically so it's corporate in the community uh, organisation that's it's very similar to just what, like a, a level below a charity, in a sense. So it's about put, it's a non-profit organisation that's basically putting money back into the community and, and, and the help for that. Right. Okay. And... What is it? What is Mindcore CIC? I, I know because you've done the show with me, so, but maybe tell the viewers. And it's viewers now, not listeners. <laughs> it's actually viewers. Yeah, we used to come in with smelly clothes on <laughs> and we didn't clean our teeth or anything. But <laughs> now we've actually, this is as good as it gets with our presentable This selves. is the best FNF <laughs> you can find. Yeah. I actually shaved my head and my right. face this yeah. morning for this. Um, no, um, Mindcore CIC is basically it's an organisation, like I say, it's, it's aimed at, initially it was aimed at helping men with uh, mental health issues. Yeah. Um, then we kind of tagged on the, the veteran side of things as well um, through meeting with different organisations and like homeless shelters and uh, the Bellisamus retreat over in Preston. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people realise a large proportion of people that are homeless are ex-military, aren't they? You Absolutely. Know? And, you know, the homeless community is just made up of a variety of people. It's not just, you know, we have a stigma about this, whether they're, you know, the drug addicts or a, a, an addict why didn't look at Wes then when you said that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that honestly I'm still in recovery <laughs> but it's, there's a, we have the stigma for homeless people and we think that a particular type of people but you're looking at doctors ex-military emergency services all the different type of people are actually on the street yeah yeah for yeah. one reason or another can I just say, I've actually got a sign done that says the Midnight McBride Show, and it's going there in the <laughs> middle, but it's not coming till Tuesday. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, what was, that's what I was looking at. <laughs> so we're about to do the well, push I, show I thought no you could actually do with the sign. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're wondering why it's so plain, there's a sign coming. So there, there we go. So Wesley... You're oh. on the show, and the reason why I got you and Darren on a date together... You did, yeah. Yeah, uh, when we went watching London Concertante, yeah. I sort of hooked you up. I knew, I just knew you'd hit it off, you know. Hit it off, he came in smelling like cocoa butter and cash. <laughs> like, just like with a Hugo Boss coat and a blue check suit and his peaky blinders flat cap. Yeah. It's the only night I've doubted my own sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Look the, only night, the only night that week. Two <laughs> <laughs> shit. Yeah. But that's why I hooked you up, because I thought that uh, you had similar interests. And a, a commonality between you both is you both used to work on the doors. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Darren, you did the club in Manchester. I've done a number of clubs in, in that Manchester and Salford, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is the one I used to frequent, the well, you, Reform. You you said you went to somewhere, you said Reform, but it was somewhere else. You kind of got it mixed up, I did. if I remember rightly. Yeah. Uh, but Reform was um, more of a, um, it was a wine bar, restaurant kind of area, top end of King Street at the time. Yeah, I got it confused with The Refuge. Yes, yes that's Which I've been one. to both, but it definitely went to Reform. I know yeah. you, you really don't want me to have been, but it, it did happen and I was there. No. Not on my shift. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a good night. It was good nights in there. We had some really good times and uh, it, yeah. is, uh, it was a very affluent place to be in. 
um, yeah. before the living room. I think when I yeah when I went in, it was um, footballers predominantly. Yeah. You know that kind of uh, ilk. Yeah. 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 Wesley, you did the door in a very high-class establishment that I used to frequent <laughs> on Brid- Bridge Street, <laughs> the late bar. Down Bank Street. Yeah, oh, Bank yeah, Street, yeah, so yeah, not Bank Bridge Street. Street. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Lake Club, Fluid, um, Bergerac's, The Swan, <laughs> pretty much all over Bolton. <laughs> the posh end as well. Yeah, right? yeah, the posh end. Yeah. But uh, you both did doors, and also, Darren, you've done close personal protection as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's You're sec- still private security side working in security as well, aren't you? Yeah, uh, right? yeah, still doing it now. Um, it's an easy enough job, to say the least. Um, yeah. But it is... You meet a lot of interesting characters. Um, you know, you get your people with your egos and you get the people without. And, you know, you get those from a different background. There's all the different cat badges and yeah. and the talents and the and the, 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 the bravado and camaraderie as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to be in. Uh, you know, I've, and it's, it's always been a struggle to get into because obviously not having that military background. Yeah, uh, I only know one guy that does it. Um, I won't say his name, he might not want me to, but I know another guy that does it. But again, he wasn't military either, you mm. know. Uh, there's lots of guys that are ex-military, but he, he got into it eventually. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think I think for his sake, I won't say his name. Just I don't even think he probably wants to be associated <laughs> with it. <laughs> not with my track record. Anyway, so. so, yeah. So, A couple of things I was going to talk about, if that's okay. We discussed it before the show, you know, so we had a bit of a chat to check that you were happy with it. But, Wesley, first of all, uh, condolences. I know your mother's died very recently in the last week or so. Yeah, last Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's not much to say on that apart from very sorry about that. um, Oh, thank you. I mean, me and my mum, we weren't... I mean, a part of it is me and my mum weren't very close and that, that, that that was on my part. You know, being yeah. stubborn, I was away in the army as well. We, I mean, we lost touch. We yeah. hardly spoke in them when my my brother told me. It's it's still it's it's upsetting. But uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we've got a service um, next weekend. So yeah. we'll all be there for that. Yeah. Okay. So what we discussed, Darren, to raise money for Mindcore CIC. Yeah. You're putting on some charity dues. Yeah, we've uh, kind of decided we've, we've gone with the GoFund page. Um, so if anybody wants to contribute, thank you very much. That's very nice of you. If you just look up my core CIC on the GoFundMe page, that's great. Okay. Uh, I thought I'd put the plug in while no, I could. No, do it. And, uh, but no, to, to, to raise more of a, uh, awareness and, and that is, it's not just about funding. What I keep saying, I keep getting told off for stopping people putting large amounts of funds into the into the pot. But for me, it's it's not just about the money. It's about the awareness as well. Um, and so what we're doing is we're, we're putting a, a series of events, charity evenings, adults only. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I kind of roped Mr. Dyson into doing a, a comedy kind of piece, even yeah. though he doesn't like facing us. So <laughs> well, I'm re- really pushing him out of his comfort zone here. Well, see, this is brilliant because you started off, Wes, you were doing poetry. I think if I explain a little bit, I think over the last six months you've gone through what I'd call uh, the shift, the spiritual awakening. You started to shed a lot of the your, your past ego, macho side, which we all had. I still yeah. have it, and I'm trying to shake that off as best I can. But then you started to express yourself playing the guitar, yeah. writing poetry, which you've always done, but I think now you're more comfortable with you know showing people and talking about it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then Darren's sort of recognised that you have a gift for this and, <laughs> and with the spoken word, but from a different angle with, with comedy. 
And so, yeah, stand up next. Yeah, stand up. It, like I said, he's wrote me into it. Um, I couldn't express myself before, but I've always liked to write stuff down or funny anecdotes that I'd seen like during a working day. It's just observational comedy. Yeah. I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't even begin to to tell you half the stuff that I see during the day. But I thought if I write it all down, pen to paper. And I was telling Darren about it, and he was in absolute hysterics over the form. So he said, right, he said, I'm roping you into this. So, yeah, yeah you've yeah. got a couple of venues booked. I told yeah. him the first it's one would be free. I'm charging, for the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm charging for the second one. But it's so. exciting times, isn't it? And uh, maybe you just both came along at the right time because you needed somebody to make you laugh and uh, <laughs> and for stand-up. But also, you know, Darren's opportunity came along at the right time. So it's... Yeah, it's I mean, that, that the, the night of the orchestra was a big turning point because yeah. before I'd, I've got myself a new house now. Um, I, I live by myself now. And I go through that that time, I think, to, like, to reflect back. I need to let my past go, my ego go. Yeah. And I've, I'd never played an instrument, so I thought I want to learn how to play the guitar. So I bought a guitar and started writing more started reading more and all these new new opportunities have started opening up so yeah exciting times yeah. and i think it's, it's like what you said though uh midnight is that he has a talent one, one thing that what i notice about with wes is he's seeing what's happening every day you know we go through every day just meandering through we don't notice what's things very much like the close protection side i'm always saying about people being so um <sighs> they're elusive to what's going on around them. You know, they don't see what's going on. Yeah. And, and with Wes, he sees that and he takes it on board and he takes it, an adaption of it and he uses it in his, his sketches, in his comedy and stuff like that, which is great. And if you put that into a piece together, that's, it's also how it's changing for him, how he's built changing his lifestyle is also what can be also be brought to the table when it comes to the events as well, because that's what we're trying to get across. It's about how to come out of yourself, come out yeah. of those comfort zones. We don't, you know, we can't achieve anything in a comfort zone, you know, as the saying exactly. goes. So it's about him. Exactly. He's, he's showing. He's like a testament to what we're actually trying to move forward. I was going to say the ideal person, any other stand-up comedian, it wouldn't have been the same. It's the fact that what you're focusing on, Wes has been through that journey, coming out the other side of it, and he can say, you know, I, I, I can do it, you know, and show people that. You know, despite adversity and trauma and all the things that you go through, especially if you've been, you know, in combat, yep. that you can come out the other side of it. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to put a book together where I'm putting little stories in and poems. Yeah. And at the beginning of the book, I I came up with the idea: if I was to go into a room tomorrow full of twenty fresh faced soldiers and said, "Right, I'm gonna." We're going to do some meditation. I'm going to read you a poem. I'll probably get laughed out the room. They're like, what's, what's this guy on about? But if I told them that I have been shot, I have been stabbed, I have mm -hmm. been blown up, now I'm going to re re uh, do some meditation poem. I don't think anyone, they won't make a noise. There'd be no giggles, there'd be no laughter because I just want to say, say it is possible to change. It's, yes. Because um, I got diagnosed with PTSD. And I just want to say to people that if, if, once your mind's in the right place, you can you can achieve anything at the end of the day. And that's, that's where I'm at now. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful message. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before we'd be, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you can, we can actually say, well, uh, you know, what a beautiful man. Or, you know, these things that maybe we couldn't before, even just yeah. writing poetry. I remember when I was younger, if you wrote poetry, that I, I won't say what names you'd get called and stuff. So you'd, you'd no. do it in secret. 
yeah. you know, because you wouldn't want people to know that you cared or that you're emotional or that all, all of these well, things. Well, that's and it. That's, that's, it's a big part of being a human being. It's, it's day, a big you know? part of the army as well. I mean, like like you've got a, a, a group of guys there. You're going like to Kosovo, Northern Ireland, Afghan, Iraq, wherever, and there's there's this. Like you say, a bravado. There's this, this macho exterior, and no one can understand what you're feeling inside. Yeah. So it's like you just pull people to one side and said, "Look, it's all right to be affected by what you've done, what you've seen. Just don't bottle it up. Just find someone that you can talk to and open up." Because I did it for years. I kept it all on the inside, and it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. So, a book of poetry. Wesley, this is this is hot off hot, hot off, off the, the press. press. Yeah, so do you shall I give you a bit of a rundown on this or do you want to go with it? Um I'll I'll let you take the reins on this one. Okay. Well probably about two years ago, I think you wrote a poem. I posted a poem on I've done a couple of poems that I've posted on social media. I don't write many, but there's one in the book. Yeah. And the poem that you wrote when you sent it me, I thought, actually that's Miles better than the one I'm just waiting to publish. <laughs> so I thought, I must be a one-off. <laughs> and it was all, I left it alone, and then you sent me a couple more, and I thought, actually, no, these are actually really good. And then you'd wrote one recently. Short poems, quite mm. often a lot harder to write. To capture something in three or four lines, you have to, usually it has to be very clever and structured in a certain way. Not many people can do that. And you sent me a poem, and it was a four-line poem, yeah. I think. And in these four lines, not only did it capture the sentiment, what you're experiencing at the moment, and it, about your journey, about letting go, self-forgiveness, but also in military speak, so that it was very clever how it was put together. So I read this and I thought, actually, this is a point now where I need to discuss this with you. So I came around to yours. Yeah. Looked like I'd had amphetamine because I was, <laughs> I was, well, I was, wasn't I? Looked like it. I was. Do not talk, Wes. Let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> For about two hours, I just I asked you not to speak to me. <laughs> so yeah. I could just get it off my chest because I'd already had a very clear vision of how I saw this moving forward and how it's going to get put together and what we're going to do, even sketches and things like this. But obviously, I don't write poetry uh, occasionally, but you know, you. You do, and you do it very well. But because I've published a book, I have a good idea about how to put it together, the channels that are involved, who to contact, and what to do. So I thought it was a project that might, with you having a bit of a difficult time at the minute as well, it's very healthy to have another focus, you know, to take your mind off it. Also, it's a very good medium with things that you might be going through to express that. And also, with the poems that you'd written up to that point, you probably nearly had a book anyway. So I thought it was a great thing for you to be getting involved with. And not only that, I thought it'd be bloody good. So, no. you know, I swore, but I thought it was appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, what I wrote was, um, when I was in the army, I wrote on uh, on a candle holder, I'd wrote, what I want for my future, joy, happiness, and peace, and bliss, harmony. Basically, I was just thinking back to my past experiences and yeah. how I want to move forward. So I just said I gave as much as I could for as long as I could. And I just, I want to be able to stand there down now. So I asked for permission because when when you've been on stag in the army or you've been on a tour, you get what's called stood down. Mm. So I asked myself for permission to stand down because for a long time um, I've lost friends um, and I've, I'd seen a lot of bad things. I just want, wanted to let it go. 
basically. Yeah. And that's what I was asking for. And yeah. I did, I got emotional when I was writing it all down. So. And it's beautiful because then you see permission granted and you're giving yourself permission. And that's the whole point, isn't it? When you let go and self-forgiveness. And so it was uh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. So... I'm trying not to repeat too much because we've, I've done a show with you, Darren, yep. on the Salford City Radio, and I've done two shows with you now, Wes, haven't I? Well, this will be the third if you count on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we've, we've done two shows, all right? <laughs> we've done two shows, and we did it all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the shows I did, so I'm trying not to repeat ourselves too much, but at the same time, if the viewers are watching this for the first time, then they may not have heard the shows on the on the radio so i thought darren maybe you could tell us about i know you're involved in an accident and it wasn't that long ago no two years ago um christmas the 23rd of december 2017 to be exact or the latter minutes of it yeah it was um wasn't quite on my christmas present list to santa but no. um it was one of those things it was quite a traumatic thing at the time um it kind yeah. of helps in a way after it of, of reflecting on, on what it is about going forward. Um, but at the time, it was uh, uh, there was four injured and two fatalities. Um, yeah. So it was quite an impact. Um, and it was, you know, thoughts go out to those. That's terrific, isn't it? You know, it's, uh, you know I was, I, I'd moved away. I'd managed to get through the melee. You know, I'd obviously hit the vehicle that was parked in the middle of the motorway. Um, that was the problem that I had. Uh, yeah. It wasn't seen because there was no lights. Um, front tyres blown out. So basically, just as a general rule of thumb, it's avoid you two because if you're anywhere near you, chances <laughs> oh, yeah. are you're risking your life. Aren't you? really <laughs> not, not. I'm not seeing how far away your Santa <laughs> over there. Like, I'm staying as far away from you two as possible. <laughs> the number of times I've been on that motorway over the years, I spent. I mean, I spent not so much time going up and down to when I was working in London. All you know, it's that one time that, that can never happen, and yeah. it's it's one of those things. Um, I was just more. Uh, I suppose in a way gutted that I couldn't actually get out of the vehicle and go and help anybody because I know unfortunately at the time I knew straight away at least one of my legs was injured uh, yeah. and quite impact with a bit quite a bit of an impact um, so my main concern was then to try and get onto the emergency services and get them out as quick as possible yeah yeah I mean I've in a similar vein I've been on construction sites where people have been killed um, and many times badly injured so I have been around some pretty horrific accidents and seen these things. But I suppose when you get older, you get a little bit better at coping with it. You know, so I write about in the book, when you're a child and something traumatic happens to you, it can scare you for life. Mm. As you get a bit older, you get a little bit better at dealing with these things. And, and death is a big part of that. I talk about death because when somebody dies when you're younger, it's it's just inconceivable and it's very difficult to even grasp and get your head around. But as you get older, in the certainly last say in the last decade, I've had we've got such a big family, the McBride family is a, the Midnight McBride family, um, <laughs> a huge family, Irish, and so there's you know everybody's got eight or ten brothers and sisters, and they've got you know everybody's having lots of babies, and so there's you know in Bolton I wouldn't like to guess, but there might be eighty of us, hundred of us, I don't know. There was a big family, and so. When you get to a certain age, a lot of these people, you know, aunties and uncles, great aunties and uncles start passing away. So in the last decade, a lot of people have passed away. And you do start to get a little bit used to it. Yeah. You know, you... Can I, I argue that point, though? Sure. The fact, do we actually get used to it or are we just still blocking it out? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know. But I, I think maybe with older people, you sort of, it's a bit easier to process it's usually, 
when a child dies, it's usually a much more devastating phenomenon than when a, an older person dies because people don't feel like they've lived yet and this, this child's still full of life. But you get to a certain age and certainly with my older relatives and stuff, and quite often the expression is, well, they had a good innings. Mm. Yeah. You know, you say that. They, felt they lived a full life. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And you feel like that they've, they've, they've had the chance, they've had fun, they've had love, they've experienced these things and they've had a life. But when a child passes, it's, you know, they've not lived yet. That, 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 that was the most difficult for me. Obviously, being ex-military, I look at death differently because sometimes it's on a daily basis. Um, I've lost friends. Um, also, I've, I've been in um, situations where it's been a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. But it's always more difficult for me. And this is what I wanted to put in the book was... Um, when it's involved children and that mm. them are the ones that I'll, I'll, I'll always remember I won't forget mm. um, because like I said I've, I've, I've seen things that I'd, I'd wish on no other person but like I say it's a, when the child's life is affected that that's the one that sticks with me the most yeah no I mean you told me a story about when you one of the poems you'd written about it were you ran um, with a child yeah it was in Kosovo in 99 um, when Obviously, genocide was going on in Kosovo while the refugees were coming down the mountains. And one of our first jobs was to put up tents for the refugees. Um, there were celebrities there making the world aware of what was going on. I remember, I think Janet Street Port was there. Richard Gere did a bit in Kosovo as well. Yeah. And Princess Anne came over. Um, and yeah, one particular night with all these refugees coming down, obviously, they started to take things off each other because they had nothing. And so they put sentries out at night time, or myself and a, a, a few of my mates in the army. And then I heard a, a woman screaming one night and she was clutching clutching a baby. So yeah. I uh, wrapped the baby up in my combat jacket and uh, I ran to like the nearest medic's tent, but unfortunately um, she didn't make it. And out of all, all them times, that, that's the one that resonates with me the most. That, that sticks the most because you, you try your best but then you feel like it's not good enough. Mm. You're not making a difference. Well, I'm but, sure you did make a difference. And, and Wes, I wasn't there, but I'll tell you this now, you know, you can't blame yourself for that at all. I mean, it's, it, that's war, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, one of the reasons I joined the army, it's... I always felt like I had to look after somebody else. I, 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 I didn't like bullies. I didn't... Um, because things had happened to me when I was younger. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to go into today. When I grew up, I thought, I'm not going to let that happen to anybody else. So that was, I took on this role of wanting to protect people. Um, and when I was over there, I mean, the the, the stuff that we saw, uh, I, so I, I couldn't express myself. And the only way that I could was to put pen to paper and write it down. Yeah. So when, when I said I'd give as much as I could, because now the older I'm getting, that I, I do work now, I ache now, I'm getting old now, well, you know. Yeah. And it's, Can I just say as well, we all wear glasses. <laughs> and but we're all but, bald. Yeah, but I've, I've told everybody, we're doing this in, it's to set the ambiance for Midnight McBride's show and it's a late night show and 
you know, quite deep and meaningful. But the reality is, we're all bald, uh, and if I put the overhead lights on, it bounces <laughs> off our heads, and you can't see anything. <laughs> so we've had to turn the big lights off. And then we've also got um, glasses, because they glare. Yeah. That, you know, I need glasses. So we can't see yeah, 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 I mean, we've got my I don't want him to sat this close, to be honest. I don't, I don't know what he's reaching for, to be honest. I'm keeping oh. my hands in my pockets. <laughs> Right, gentlemen, we're coming close to the end of the part one of this show. Um, we're going to have a little break shortly. And I'd just like to say that Darren Spinichberg, I mean... <laughs> Siegenberg. Siegenberg, oh, Siegenberg, yeah. I struggled with that quite a lot initially because I thought it was Siegenberg, but it's Siegenberg, as long as I remember the C, Siegenberg. Oh, yeah. I, I actually can't. made both of you today, you were coming to the show and you had to both go back and get changed because... You were, I think one of you was wearing blue and the other was wearing black. And unfortunately, if you were blue here, all you can see is a head. I brought you? a bag. <laughs> I brought a bag of clothes. <laughs> With leotards in. Yeah. And you always have that yeah, bag yeah. before you ever did a video. You've got it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well that's an image I'm not going to get out of my head. Now. Thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking Borat. Yeah. <laughs> or my mankini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll be right back after this short break. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. This is the Midnight McBride Show, and I'm joined by Darren Siegenberg and Wesley Dyson. Hello. 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 He's got his glasses on now. I know he has, hasn't he? He told us oh, about not wearing glasses. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. It's the glare. The problem is my show notes. I can't <laughs> read them, so we'll just wing it. We'll just wing just it. Just put the page up to your face. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and are you saying that's an improvement? No, that's right. Like, Darren, he's got a face for radio. <laughs> I have got a face for radio. We were just talking off her then that you do voices, oh, Wesley. I knew this one was going to come. You, I do, you, do you do voices or do you hear voices? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> but you used to, I remember when I first met you, you always used to recite parts of films and things like that. You'd remember them. But I'm, I'm not yeah, asking you, you don't have to do that now. But you mm. do voices. Occasion I occasionally. I didn't, I didn't know this. Occasionally. No, what it is is when I watch a film... I've also I've always had a thing for remembering certain phrases or like different sports personalities or film stars or characters. Like from start, it all started with Star Wars when I was a kid because obviously I've got three brothers, so we used to always compete who could do like the best Yoda or the best Jar Jar Binks. Or <laughs> How do you do Jar Jar Binks? And <laughs> oh, Jar Jar Binks! I was thinking of Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, how did you manage it? Ah, yes. Yes. Very good. So, you've both got kids. Yes. Yes. Darren, I've met your daughter because she came in to do the radio show, didn't yes, she? Yes, she did, yes. What's thanks. your daughter's name? She's called Isabel. Isabel, that's it. She ended up going on her, didn't she, the same day? Yes, I, I came into the studio and then got walked straight into one of the studios. Stuart and, and Anne actually came and grabbed hold <laughs> and said, do you want to come on the show? And it all just happened really quick. <laughs> yeah. And I had to start getting the forms out. Yeah, and, you got um, the forms out. We were all, all good. No, she's, she's good. She really enjoyed that day, actually. So thank you for that. It was good. And, good. Uh, never got to hear the, the actual finished product, but... You didn't? No, no. What, I'm, your show or the show with Isabel? The show with Isabel. Oh, right. Well, you, 
you could obviously just go onto the website, Solver City Radio, and then you can click on any show and you can always listen to the last three shows that I've heard. Right, right. Yeah. Great Salford stuff. City Radio, by the way, we're now we've raised quite a lot of money and we're not we're getting there for uh, a bigger mast and you apply for this license it's taken i think 12 years and they've eventually got the license which means that rather than just have around salford and have a listenership of say 50,000 people something like that uh, it's going to be the whole of the northwest so it's going to increase you know the the reach of the radio massively fantastic. so it's quite exciting all the pressure yeah, isn't on for you then is it <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fantastic. That's no, good, good news. No, good, yeah. luck. good luck with it. And Wesley. Yes. Children. Yes. Yes. Jacob. Jacob. I know where this one's going. I've created a monster. <laughs> 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 I have, oh, I, I can't even drive with him in the car anymore. It's, it's becoming ridiculous. What's bit, that? We, we were sat at the traffic lights the other day and a car come through on Box Junction and he looked at me. And he looked out the windscreen, he looked at me again, he went, what a Muppet, Dad. <laughs> Where's he heard that? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking no responsibility for this one whatsoever. Yeah, he's uh, a beautiful young boy. And when I came to your house and he'll come up, give you a big hug and a kiss, say goodnight. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, on, honestly, he keeps me on my toes. He's, he's everything. I get to see him every weekend. We go out, we do things, we build things, we paint things. Yeah. I wanted him to play an instrument as well because I never got to do any of them growing yeah. up, but, it's, but I, I'm, I'm just trying to get it so he can do the things that I didn't get to do. Mm. I, I get, this is what my life's like. I get random phone calls and messages or little videos sent to me saying, Listen to this. And then there's a, a, a bearded man <laughs> playing Mexican guitar down on the video. I've only been playing seven weeks. <laughs> give, 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 give me a break. Um, no, because no, recently you went to, I believe, Mexico. I know. I know. And that's um, why it was uh, relevant. It was, uh, it and was I, really I, good. I, I picked up the guitar and then I heard this. I, I learned the chords because I thought, where do you put your fingers on this thing? And I thought, right, pick it up. And then I just heard this tune in my ear. I thought, that sounds a bit Spanishy, that. I thought, I'll send him that. So away I went with it. Yeah, it was really good. So maybe we'll talk about... We've done expressing yourself, which is what you're going through now, what you're doing at the minute, Wes, which is wonderful. But also decompressing, which is really more along the lines of, I know you were looking at setting up a, a facility, Darren, a, a compound maybe with yeah. caravans and allotments for a place where people can go with possibly mental health issues, but also maybe ex-servicemen where you can go and have a period of time where you can adjust and decompress. The whole the, the, the whole thing about the Mindcore CIC is the retreat and training centre that we're aiming to set up. Yeah. Within this, it's going to be maybe an eight to twelve week program where guys can come over. We've got the mental health issues. They'll be working on the site to keep it tidy, keep it and build it. Um, there'll be an allotment area where they can express themselves, grow things, yeah. get I mean, to keep them occupied. There'll be a gym area where they can work on their fitness. Uh, we're also looking at their nutrition uh, again, which is the most a really good imp important part when it comes to mental health and how it keeps your mind going properly. It's yeah. just the mind body connection in itself uh, is what we're aiming for. It's got a full package. We're looking at careers advice. We're looking at any general advice regarding homing, banking, yeah. money matters, things running, like that. Running groups there as well, therapy, all, all Absolutely. All this, yeah. yeah, so the therapy side will come thing with 
the NLP uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming and Cognitive Behavioural Therapy Coaching all that kind of stuff that's going to come into play um, and then bringing guys forward into into their mindset and again this is where it comes from with with the the, the traffic accident is that at the time it was about as soon as that, that impact happened it was about where do I stay here or do I move forward Yeah. and then it was a case of move forward and get out of the way because if I had stayed in that position where I was, I'd have been the third fatality. There's no yeah. doubt about it. So it was about moving forward, moving the vehicle forward, getting it out of the way, then you're able to look and to help yourself and help others around you. So the same with the mind core is that it's about moving forward, stopping people from where they are at now. You know, this is the now. We forget about the past in a sense that we don't have to keep going over it. We can go back to it and take the lessons and learn from it, but we can move forward all the time. And the same with the mind core, the retreat, is moving forward and moving everything it's such an impacted thing it's all in one and moving people forward two things i'd like to say there one is there's a quote in the book i wrote and it says uh, don't fall down fall forward this is still progress mm. moving forward and the title of my second book which is uh, imminent is moving forward learning how to glide elevating yourself and propelling yourself forward using surrounding energies with zero resistance with zero effort in harmony with natural law, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely, yes. and that's where we need to be. What maybe a lot of people listening to this will be surprised about is that although you do close personal protection and security, you also are an LM NLP practitioner. Yes, most yes, practitioner of NLP. seems coach. like a, an unusual step. There's not many ex-doormen that probably are NLP practitioners. Going back to what we were saying before, and it was something that came into mind, the three of us have all got such um, a connection in a sense mm -hmm. of where we've actually changed with the transition from where we were before. You've explained how where you've come from. Where's yeah. this? It talks about how his past is. Yeah. Same with my people who know me very much like you guys. It, when I started telling people that I was doing NLP and looking at coaching and helping people moving, you know, coming out of their, their, their issues. The, the response was, Darren, you're the type of person who slams somebody up against the wall, gives them a slap around the <laughs> face and say, wake up, get on with it. That was That was me. in the supermarket. That was just... Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me that I, thing I on the top <laughs> shelf. I was at 7 o'clock in the morning. I told you, the big box of cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it, you know, the, the, ch the change where we've come from before... We were aggressive. We were angry. I mean, yeah. to some extent, we still do it now. We, we, there's no two ways about it. It makes me chuckle when I hear people. When I hear him on the on in the oh. car, you know, he's on the oh. phone. And he's like, yeah. he, he's on the way there tonight. Can I just say I don't? My life's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> perfectly crazy. Yeah. 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 But we, where we've come from with that change, what we've done, we've changed and transitioned forward. It is. I've gone done the NLP side of things, and when mm. I first did it, what I was looking for is how to get people to communicate better. Communication is the key to anything we do in life. It's yeah. as simple as that, you know. And I'll argue with anybody who says no. Mm. Um, but communication, getting people to communicate better, understanding things, listening more, which is just as much more. It's more about communication than yeah. anything else. It's a good good point because if we don't communicate, then you are you're one. Yeah. You're you're on your own. The, Nobody the, knows how you feel. You don't know how they feel. You're isolated. You're separated. Mm -hmm. When you start to communicate, you become many. You become connected. Yeah. You become unified, and you become part of a community. Yeah, yeah. you know. Absolutely. So communication is critical. Yeah. So that was the the side of the NLP. You know, getting the people to communicate better. But then when 
doing the courses and getting into it a bit more, uh, I just found it was something I had to pursue. I had to finish. Like you with your, your guitar, yeah. I had to, because you're always yeah. starting something but never finishing anything. So it was something I was really driven for and that, and that's, it was how to help people win within the private security sector of how we can help guys yeah. with PTSD. We've not... Well, when you first told me about Minecore, when we met the night of the orchestra, and, and I mentioned to you, when you come out of the army, I'm just saying it from, a, from, from an army point of view, when I got diagnosed with PTSD, a lot of people will say, right, go to the British Legion, go to the UK veterans, go to combat stress, and it was like, no, I just need a friend. I need... I, I don't want to sit down in a group. I mean, there's that delay, if you will. You want to sit back and go, well, I'm not ready to sit down with a load of people just yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when Darren explained about Mindcore and what he wants to do, I thought it was an amazing idea. So when he asked me like to do the stand-up, um, I was like, yeah, of course I'll do it, because I know there's there's nothing out there. There's there's, there's no gap from leaving the armed forces to, to get help straight away. And I don't know if people are aware that the NHS have cut the funding for combat stress. Combat stress doesn't exist anymore. I didn't know that. Mm. They cut it last. They cut it last week. I was under care of combat stress, yeah. and I had a, an overnight stopover due at the end of February, um, and they said that they could no longer treat me because the NHS have cut the funding for combat stress. So there's a lot of veterans out there now that haven't got the care. They need uh, more funding, not less. I find that incredible. But yeah, well, they, they, they seem to I mean, do it last week. Yeah. To community-based programmes now, hasn't it? it the the yeah. combat yeah. stress will still work in Scotland and Ireland. I believe so, yeah. Uh, but England and Wales have been cut back yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the, the first book, I write about the fact that, and it's common knowledge now, that certainly in America, for example, there's more troops that come back from combat that have yep. been in... Um, the armed forces yep. taking their own life than are killed in a war zone or killed in combat. And that, that still astounds me. I find that incredible. That, And I think 30% of them, the soldiers, when they come back, all suffer within three months are all diagnosed with serious mental health problems. And that doesn't mean like mild. That means yep. major, significant mm. problems where they can't function properly in life. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can talk about it now and on our previous shows. I take one saying if you will out your book is you can't build the truth on a lie mm. where I, I i turned to drugs when i came out of the army i wasn't proud of it my, my family didn't know i kept it hidden for years for the fact that i couldn't sleep i was i was i was addicted to drugs i was i was drinking and but but nothing was open also i mean the doctors started me on antidepressants and it, it my life just was upside down. I thought this has to stop. And so one morning I woke up and I thought, I can't do this anymore. Unless yeah. um, I mean, I've been to combat stress. I'd been to military veterans. I'd been to the NHS. I'd been under under doctors. And, and when Darren told me about what he wanted to do and what he wants to achieve with, with the training centre, I thought it's, a, it's an amazing idea. And I'd, I hope people get behind it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. It was, my, it was my hypnosis training that got him to agree to do a comedian <laughs> show. That was the thing. I, I, ag Sleep. I agree. Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. How far have you got with it, Darren, at this stage? Have you, have you, I know you're, at the minute you're in the process of trying to raise the funds to yeah. kickstart this and get it moving. How's that going? It's, it's going okay. It's had a bit of a stall. Obviously, we've got Christmas period and stuff like that yeah. the start of the new year, so it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, and that's why we brought in the events 
Um, we've got a couple of acts. We've got two shows so far booked. Wesley. Yeah. Um, uh, are <laughs> delighted about the booking. Freddie and the Bears Makers. That's where I knew you from. It's the Flying Pickets, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. We've, we've got, uh, if you don't It's better than Shane McGowan. That's where I know you from. You had that number one Christmas hit. <laughs> but uh, no, we got the first one. Well, we've got one booked for the 11th of April. Where's that, that soon? Dan? 11th of April, you yeah, never told me that. I did. <laughs> um, it just, you just put it off. The right. um, 11th of April, the first one's going to be in Hindley. It's right. uh, St. Peter's Pavilion in Hindley. I'm yeah. um, hoping we can get enough people in for that. When we finish the show, will you tell me the dates? I'm going to write them down and I'm going to put them in my calendar and I'm going to try and make sure that nothing's planned around that because like, obviously I want to come. So. Uh, well, I'd expect you then. You, definitely you're coming. Some of the gags are wrote about you to start with. That's why I need to be there. <laughs> I need to supervise. The second one at the moment, we've got, um, essentially we've got the Forgotten Sons. is uh, a band... And um, we've got, uh, again, Mr. Wesley Dyson. Yeah. Uh, and we we may have a gentleman called James Reed. Uh, just going to make sure he he's, has preliminary books, uh, so it's going to be good. Um, so that will be at uh, the Littleborough Cricket Club. And right. that's on the... Littleborough, is that Rochdale way? Yes. Yeah. Just right. don't know. Uh, twi- I'm doing this twice now, am I? <laughs> I'm doing it twice now, apparently. <laughs> Wait to tell you about the others. Um, <laughs> no, we've got two. I say just the two, and that's going to be the first of May. First of May. Yeah. So the idea is hopefully we can get enough people to come along, buy the tickets, get them booked in, and it'll be on the close comfort serve. So it's going to be good nights. They are going to be in the good nights. I am I'm absolutely sure of it. Dreading it. But I'm looking forward I'm just to it. He just said, I'm about to put them in my diary. I'm about to put them in mine. I don't even know when. Yeah. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't yeah. it? I, I'd like to, I'm going to plug something myself now, and that is the audio book to the first book, From Pills to Peace. That is, I've just done the final sort of review of it, and that's now been sent to Audible, which is also part of Amazon, which is ACX, which is also iTunes, and I can't remember the other one. And that'll be out in about 14 days. Fantastic. Awesome. Well done. So, yeah. Well, so you can you can download that from iTunes, iTunes, iTunes Audible, Amazon, whatever. Yeah. Amazon Music. I've got Amazon Music. I can download that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll be out. And uh, yeah, it was the first one. So it was a massive learning curve. But as soon as the second book's published, then I'm going to be straight down and do the second audio. But I'm not going to leave it as long this time. I'm just going to go and get the second one done straight away. But... Yeah, I've been listening to it. I've had to listen to it twice over the weekend, and it's six hours long. So six. I've had to 12 hours of my own voice. It was wonderful. I'll be, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be ringing them up saying, PJ, can I lend a tenner? Why? Well, to download your audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much it is. When you go through ACX, they, there's two ways you can do it, and you have different deals. And one is to take a larger percentage but they have total control the other is to take a, a much smaller percentage but then you keep control of your book so you can use other sellers but to be honest they're the main people you know there's mm. at, at this stage there isn't many other vendors that you'd go to and you get a larger proportion but they set the price so awesome. I, I think what they do is they base it on what your book sells for and also then the length of the audio book and then they come up with the price so i honestly don't know how much it's going to cost well, it's all right. You're going to be needing to speak to my daughter soon because she's trying to put a book of herself 
right. together at the moment. She's doing really, really well. She's looking at, uh, we've sent loads of pictures of different years uh, when she's done things. Um, and she's looking, so I'm going to be needing your expertise. Well, you can, you can certainly have that. You awesome. can have that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, gentlemen, we're now, let's have a look. We've got about five minutes left on this show at the minute, so... As long as I'm not doing voices, jokes or anything, I'm going to say Funny enough, I just said it in my head. I thought we should have had some no. examples. No. Well, you did them You did what? them in the, in the interval. What, the voices? Yes. What, Joe Bai? What, Peaky Blinders? Yes. Peaky Blinders. Yeah. All, right, all right, brother. <laughs> <laughs> not, is, it, um, is it Arthur? No, Joe Bai. That's Arthur, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. Uh, who was the other one? You was, you was uh, Tom... Oh, so I'm at Alpha Sullivan. Alpha Sullivan. What is that? It's, uh, if this is how it looks like, a lot like Margate. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Is that Tom Hardy? Yeah, That's, Tom yeah. Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfie Sullivan's character. Yeah. Uh, plays an amazing part in that. But um, no, on the night, like I said, it's going to be observational coming down. Going to try and get the uh, audience members booked in as well. Yeah. I need about 10 pounds worth of trolley tokens because I've noticed... I am never going to a trolley shed again when a couple's there. It's like, I had my trolley talking the other day, like blokes going, yeah, I know, but I'll give it your back. So, like, well, I've not got it. And she goes, she, she turns to her husband and says, well, you're going to have to buy a new one. And he goes, well, how much are they? And she went, a pound. He goes, if I had a pound, I'd have put it in the trolley. <laughs> and I was like, I was just absolutely doubled over in the hysterics. I thought, yeah. do you know what? Oh, you meet those people that, yeah, they don't actually have a pound, but they have a special gizmo. Yeah, like yeah just to that has. It. Things that look like pounds, oh, but and the funny thing is, it usually has two or three in, and it costs <laughs> two or three quid. Exactly. So well, I, I was I was stood there and I was watching watching this couple, and I was absolutely belly laughing, and they just both looked at me. I thought I better move myself away from it now. But yeah, tro trolley tokens can save a marriage. So next time you're out shopping, buy a trolley token. <laughs> so, folks at home. You can listen to Salford City Radio every Monday night at 11pm for the Mind, Body and Spirit show or midnight till midnight. It's 11 till 12pm. If you miss the show, it's 94.4 FM, but you can listen to it again on the website. You just go on and click on schedule and then listen again for Midnight McBride. Also, my book From Pills to Peace is available on Amazon in about at least a dozen other places now. It's been a best-selling book for... Um, Self-help, I suppose I'd call it, but um, also about my journey into meditation uh, from Pills to Peace. Then my audiobook is due out in about 10 days' time. Uh, the second book is due out in about 8 to 10 weeks, the final product. And then there's other projects that I'm involved with, one with Wesley that we're looking into now for a book of poetry as well. And I've got social media channels, which include LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and a website, midnightmcbride.com. I think I've pretty much covered everything. Bit busy, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with a quote, ladies and gentlemen, and that is, when you think from a beautiful garden, you see flowers everywhere. And that's the main quote of the book. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm going to be doing one of these every week. Thank you, Darren Siegenberg. Thank you. Midnight. Thank you, Wesley Dyson. More than welcome. It's been a yeah, pleasure. It's been fun. It's been emotional. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.